All right, welcome from the uh, mean streets of Coruscant to the far reaches of the Outer Rim. This is the Star Warriors podcast. Uh, the, Star- the Skywalker saga is now over, and we're left in the wake of the end of the Star Wars story that, you know, has been with us since childhood. Uh, so today, uh, I got a group of uh, some Star Wars fans. Uh, we have a little group on Facebook chat called Star Warriors, uh, hence the name of this, this podcast. And we're going to talk about Rise of Skywalker. And so I got some topics to bring up with you guys. We're going to get some opinions, uh, talk it out, and uh, have some fun, all right? So uh, joining me today, uh, if you could each introduce yourself uh, and, you know, your your own show or whatever you guys have going on. All right, I'll start. Uh, Rocco, otherwise known as the Rockness Monster from the Critical Mass Podcast. Um, don't listen to our show because it's awful. It's all about squeezing nips and touching tips. Uh, glad to be here. At least you're not mushing tips. <laughs> My name is uh, Ruben Romero. I am a Star Wars fan, and uh, I'm also an indie comic book writer. I write a book called The Agency. I also co-write uh, another book called Inferi with uh, our missing co-host, Casey Bowker, who also does Don't Forget a Towel podcast. I'm Colin Pasek, also known to the internet as Gamer Sense. I am the creator of the now defunct but uh, infamously known to Reddit uh, blog as the worst video game blog on the internet. And uh, I am Jake Duell, uh host of the Mental Fogcast and Star Wars fan. Awesome. So I think we're all in the right place uh, to talk about this. Now, some of us have had multiple viewings of it. Uh, some of us are just about to watch it again. So... Uh, Let's let's get into this. Uh, so, leading up to the release of this movie, the fandom has been quite polarized, to, to put it nicely. Uh, and that's you know that was in the wake of the Last Jedi. This time around, I feel that they had a lot of stuff to resolve, and perhaps we are in a better place than we were a month ago with Star Wars fandom. Maybe, and we'll we can determine that at the end of this show. So, let's jump right into things and. What I would like to do is kind of just talk about how did you feel personally going into the movie uh, compared to when you walked out of it? And let's start with Rocco. Sure. Um, honestly, walking into it, um, I was excited. I was more excited than I was nervous. Um, obviously, with so much speculation of what was going to be happening, you know, uh, this was going to happen and that was going to happen. And, you know, um, all kinds of different stories and ideas. I was, you know, I found myself worried, you know, is this going to be like this? Is this going to suck? You know, how are they going to spin this story? Um, But I was also really, really excited because, you know, I've been attached to Star Wars since childhood. Um, So to be able to uh, walk in and and just see the end of this story, I think that overcame the nervousness. I'm walking out of it. Um, I walked out with a smile on my face, um, and I, I just, I, I was just super happy walking out. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I myself, to answer that question, um, was feeling good about Star Wars walking in. You know, um, I'm probably, you know, I know I'm not the only fan, but I, I enjoyed the Last Jedi. You know, I, I really did. Um, in terms of overall the trilogy, we can talk about that later, but and, and how it fits. But 
uh, overall, I was I was in a good place with Star Wars. Um, and walking out of it, I was in, the, in an even better place. I, I felt elated. I was I was happy. I was excited. I, I couldn't wait to go watch it again. Um, and and I and I myself again, like Rocco, left the theater smiling. Um, probably wiping away some tears, but um, but definitely smiling. All right. So for myself, I I had the uh, benefit of walking into the theater a week later than everybody else. So I had some time to uh, temper my expectations a little bit. And so I kind of came in with uh, a little bit lowered excitement than others might have been. And then um, when I left, though, I felt good. You know, it was it, it was it was a fun experience and it very much was the kind of Star Wars fun that I had growing up. So as long as I went in with you know, not high expectations of them closing out the series and doing it with this spectacular writing or anything to that effect. And just going in and expecting to have fun. I came out enjoying myself. So uh, I think I'm going to be the downer here. I went in super excited and left first viewing actually quite disappointed in the final product. Um, on second viewing, I felt better about the final product, but I still think it was kind of a overall weak ending to the trilogy. Perfect. This is this is exactly why we all need to talk about this, because I love that, you know, everybody has a different perspective on this. Um, and, you know, it's I think that's the funny thing about Star Wars. If you're, and that's the thing that came out of The Last Jedi, where people felt like they were, you know, they were insulted. They were they said, this is in my Star Wars or, you know, Star Wars means something different to all of us, you know, and it, we can't just concentrate on like, like saying, oh, no, you're wrong about Star Wars. I'm right about Star Wars or you're wrong. You know, so I like that, you know, everybody has a different point of view. Um, personally, I was um, I was a little worried and uneasy, but I have the benefit of being on the West Coast. And then two of my most trusted confidants told me that they loved it. And so that kind of put me at ease and. I went there. I had a good time, um, you know. And that, that viewing, I I just walked out. I, you know, was it perfect? No. Um, was it a lot of fun? Yes. Um, and I'm also someone who says, you know, I, I I'm not always looking for a lot of them out of my Star Wars. And so I felt like maybe with the Last Jedi, I put too much expectation into things, and maybe I had to temper myself. And, and Star Wars has always been about having a good time. And that's and that's and that's how I felt even more the second time I watched the movie. So, um, so let's talk a little bit about the the new cast. Um, the the idea here was they're going to introduce new characters, uh, you know, to to go against the first order uh, with some of the ones from the old guard, and that was the that was really kind of the fun part about it. You know, we had the, we had the prequels, we had characters that we knew. Um, going back but these were the you know the ot characters that we grew up with those are you know that's that's star wars for us a lot of us and um seeing them again was great whether or not we felt like the storylines were justified or not um whatever but did you feel that the way they closed out this trilogy um overall did they do proper justice for the new characters? And I'm not talking Ray and Kylo. We'll get into that in a little bit. But I just want to hear your feelings on anybody who you felt like got the short end of the stick. Or maybe they got a great story. I don't know. 
Um, you know, character-wise, it's it's really hard um, because I think you said it best when you said Star Wars means a lot to many different people, and I think that that coincides exactly with the characters because I think that's what drives Star Wars are the characters. Um, and these characters mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Um, you know, going back to The Last Jedi, a lot of people thought that Luke wasn't done justice when, frankly... I personally, I don't think you know a lot about Star Wars if you think that. Um, I mean, that's what Jedi did. That's what the Jedi did. They they ran and, and hid and regrouped when things went bad. Yoda did it. Obi Wan did it. Luke did it. However, coming into the Rise of Skywalker, um, I love the Ghost of Luke. I really did. Um, I I expected him to be in the movie. I didn't expect him to be at that point. Um, you know, when Ray goes back to Octu. Um, I, I just, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect him to catch the lightsaber. I thought that was kind of cool. I thought that was kind of a cool contrast from The Last Jedi where he tossed it. I'm sorry. Yeah. The Last Jedi when he tossed it and then the, the Rise of Skywalker, he catches it. Um, I thought that was kind of neat. Um, I, I was good with Luke. Um, Han, um, Han, I, I'm not angry about his end. Um, I think it was necessary to, to tell the story that they were trying to tell. Um, I think for what they had, they gave him enough justice. Um, honestly, I really was surprised and really happy with how they handled Lando. Lando seems to be just a guy that's kind of always floating around, experiencing the galaxy. I mean, if there is a giant hippie concert in the middle of like the galaxy, wouldn't Lando be there? <laughs> and and like, I just kind of felt that, like, just seeing this big like hippie fest like in the middle of the galaxy that like Ray and all them were in. I'm like, I bet, I bet my ass that Lando's there. And when a character grabbed them and pulled them aside, I was very, very pleased with that. I think Lando, I think they did great justice. I'm, I'm not happy with the fact that he was in only one of the three movies, but I think for what they did with them, I think they did a fantastic job. Um, Chewie was the one character that made me cry twice in the film. Um, the first time when we thought he was dead. And the second time when he, um, when Leia died and he like freaked out and I think they did Chewie justice. Um, honestly, overall, I think they did well. Yeah, no, I, <clears throat> I agree. I agree. Um, I think, uh, just to go down the line here, I think, uh, Luke, uh, I don't think she could have asked for, for more, for more, for more from Luke really, um, considering the story that they told. Um, she, she got the things that she needed from Luke. Carrie Fisher was in this movie for me. You know, she, for, for that, for that time that I was in the theater, she wasn't gone anymore. You know, uh, she was strong on screen and I thought her story, um, fit really well, uh, into the, the Rise of Skywalker narrative. Uh, so I feel like she did, you know, they, they did her justice overall, uh, out of everybody, they did her the most justice. Um, Han uh i i still I'm, I'm about to guess i get goosebumps just thinking about that hey kid moment um that was that was beautiful you know the fact that he wasn't transparent or a false force ghost but a memory inside of kylo speaking to him and bringing him full circle back to ben that was i mean it just says everything about that moment that that harrison ford came back to do it because we know how he feels uh, in terms of these of these films um, and how his character should have been treated. 
So the fact that he came back means, at least to me, that he felt reading it, what I felt seeing it, which was this is poignant, this is important to the narrative of Kylo Ren and Ben Skywalker, and it's important for Han Solo to be there. It can't just be a voice. It needs to be him. Um, Lando, what can I say, man? That's the smoothest pimp in the galaxy. Um, <laughs> that, that guy, I mean, he just oozes charisma, you know? Um, and I don't know if y'all noticed, but his color scheme matches Childish, Childish Gambino's color scheme in Solo. That yellow and black, like, that was, I don't know if that was done on purpose or, or what to draw, like, a line, but I thought that that was very, very, very cool. Um, Finn, just to touch on some that you didn't talk, talk about, Rocco, uh, Finn, I felt, I mean, this is, a, this is a character who deserves to be a Jedi, and they hinted at that over and over again, and his story kind of got the short change, even though he did some badass stuff in Rise of Skywalker. Um, you know, I still feel like, like he should have, you know, there should have been at least a, an affirmation, a, a, a definite, like, this kid is going on to find force sensitives or, you know, learn himself to be a Jedi, something. Uh, Rose, I mean, you know, Rose to me in, in The Last Jedi, she was important for that story. Uh, here, um, she didn't get any, she didn't get any juice, you know, um, and neither did Billy Lord, Billy Lord. And I don't know if that was by choice either. Uh, Lieutenant Connick's, I don't know if her character was dialed back a little bit because she kind of felt a certain way being on set and her mom not being there. Um, I don't know, but she also didn't get a lot of play. Uh, and Poe, I feel like Poe had a good run, but like with everything that they've established about Poe's family and his his growing up next to Force Tree, a Force Tree on Yavin, and him being the best pilot in the galaxy, and now all of a sudden leading this rebellion, um, I felt like we could have gotten a little bit more. Um, same thing with General Akbar's son or nephew. I can't for I forget which one it is, but. They could have given him a little bit more juice, I think. But other than that, I, you know, I feel like for what they had to do, all the characters got, you know, the right amount of play, so to speak. All right. So I, I just want to lean into specifically Finn, Poe, and Rose. Rose, excuse me. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm just going to like answer the question in a blunt way that no, I don't think any of them got any proper justice for a whole arc throughout the, the course of all three movies because of this one. Um, we, we, you, you bring up Ruben, the, the, the whole idea that Finn is suddenly now force sensitive. I mean, they hinted at it maybe once or twice elsewhere in the earlier movies, but they really kind of leaned into it here. And I was like, okay, cool. Maybe we're going to get a little bit more of a story here. You've also introduced this other former stormtrooper that just so happens to be on the, the Endor moon, but we're not going to talk about the you know, <laughs> convenience of that. Um, and so maybe, maybe they're going to lean into, they were stealing these kids because they're force sensitive. And maybe that can be why they're picking these kids up and why they're turning them over to the new order and making them great soldiers, but they missed it. They, in my opinion, they completely missed it, botched that up to just open up another can of worms to say, Hey, look, here's a Disney plus show that we can add to the future. That's going to talk about this girl whose name escapes me, but she's going to hang out with Lando and maybe we'll have Finn pop in on this too, so that we can get some familiar face into it. Same idea with Poe. Uh, now, I don't know too much about the comics or backstory information outside of the movies. Um, 
So maybe there was more detail on this there. But at the very least, on the movie level, having this rugged scoundrel storyline suddenly pop in was just so jarring to me. I'm just sitting there going, why Why do we need this? We've already established he's a great pilot. We understand that he's a passionate leader. We don't really need much from him on that. And, you know, we see that he's troubled by his own need to be the right person for the job or just even be right, period. So he learned a hard lesson in the last one. Now he's a general. Why Why do we need to have this? Why do we need to introduce these other characters just so we can see Carrie Russell's eyes and have a cute new baby Yoda in the movie franchise? Um, it's So I, I felt like we were given more questions than we had answered with these guys. And I, I just felt like there was so much story that they could have gone with them that they didn't. And then when it comes to Rhodes, I think she still could have been important to the development of then I know that kind of makes her a bit of a trope to his character, but she was so important, like you said, Ruben, to Last Jedi, she should have stayed at least somewhat important mm-hmm. in Rise of Skywalker rather than just being, oh, hey, by the way, we still have Rose here, but she's only on this planet. <laughs> Did we mention we still have Rose here? It's okay, cool. You know, it, it, it bothered me a little bit because it was just for them saying, we know you didn't like Last Jedi, you hardcore fans. So we're going to take the gas off the pedal here. So that, 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 that was just my take on it. Uh, straight up. Just don't feel like they did enough justice to the new characters. Yeah. Um, so I'll say this was not Rose's movie. It really felt like JJ didn't want Rose in the movie. So he made her a minor character. Um, I think this was Finn's movie. I, in the trilogy, I think this was the first time Finn has been, written well as a character um yeah it still wasn't amazing but it was the best finn's been and it was probably the worst pose been in the movies so far um his his arc as becoming general was set up during rise of the resistance and i just don't think it played out that well in the movie but uh, i do have to take a moment and talk about what jj did to my boy Temin snap Wexley <laughs> and how he did him wrong. You reverse every important thing. Chewbacca's not dead. C-3PO's memory's not wiped. And then you kill Snap? Mm. Come on, you did Snap wrong, JJ. Mm. Mm. <laughs> That's his boy, too. That's his boy. The the, the actor, his name is something Goomberg or whatever. That's... Greg, Greg Gunberg. Gunberg. Yeah. They've been, they, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a, an original losty. He was the pilot uh, plane and lost, so they've been together, friend. He was an alias, like that's his boy, boy. So everything that JJ does, he's in. Now, I'm surprised he died too. That hurt. That hurt for sure. You know, I didn't, I didn't bring up Snap, Jake, but I'm glad you did. Um, I'm going to go into some other stuff, but Snap is a big one because I felt like the Last Jedi really did nothing for mm-hmm. Snap, um, especially when he was established in the aftermath trilogy to be like one of the first new characters that were, were that was spanning canon um, at the very beginning when they were fir- first really trying to put things together. So um, I really expected more of that too, instead of just some Porkins, you know, crash into the, into the star destroyers. But um, yeah, so I, I'm going to go with the new characters too. I, as much as I want to say, I would love to see Luke Skywalker bring down a star destroyer a la dark empire. Um, I'm also okay with that storyline. Uh, the Leia thing, they did the best they could with it, and I loved it. Um, it's very sad. Han Solo's, yes, 
I, I've never had an issue with what they did with Han in these movies. And I'm, and I will talk about it more when we talk about Kylo, but my big things are, are Finn and Poe. Um, like Finn, you got this guy who, who, who overcomes this stormtrooper programming. Obviously it's the force. Obviously they're trying to lay some groundwork there. And then they wasted his story arc in the last Jedi. There was so much they could have done with that. Um, and I don't even want to start with that, but, and then to jump into this where you're going to, once again, pick up his narration, it just it, it just felt disconnected to me. And I really wish that they could have played it more where maybe he went back to being a stormtrooper in The Last Jedi. Uh, they reprogrammed him and then he was, did something, whatever. You know what I mean? Um, the Poe thing as well. Um, in Shattered Empire, the comic, which was another canon launch uh, around launch time, you know, the very first ones they were putting together, they, they did that whole thing with the forest trees and stuff like that. And I, I just really felt like they were going to tie that in together and, and have something come out of it. Well, maybe hanging out by a forest tree made him a really good pilot or whatever, but it really didn't pay off. Um, so I really wish we would have a little bit more of a payoff for both those characters because they were giving us the central three characters, just like they did in the original trilogy. By the end of it, it just felt like they were cramming so much in The Rise of Skywalker. Um, the other thing is... Is Maz Kanata? I don't, <laughs> I don't really understand. Like, it was just so, like again, wasted in the Last Jedi where she's just crawling, through, like in that battle, and here it's just like a support character. So, you, they really started to, like lean into it in the Force Awakens that she was, uh, some kind of, you know, a, somebody who could have control of the Force but not be a Jedi. And I really thought they were going to kind of go into that where. You didn't have to be a Jedi just to have the Force, and I thought they would kind of expand on that. And but her story really didn't go anywhere, so I was kind of I was pretty disappointed. In that. All right, um, anybody want to retort on that? <laughs> no, I agree. I, I forgot to mention Maz. Um, you know, I I loved her in the Force Awakens, and there's even that deleted scene where she brings down the rocks onto the stormtroopers. Yes. Um, yes. So again, like, and and then we have to. So then then we really start to have to ask the question. How much did The Last Jedi fuck things up? You know what I'm saying? Because, again, we're talking about cramming, and they're doing all this stuff. So these are all the things that we wanted. So maybe it's it's the fact that J.J. just, you know, J.J. couldn't do the second movie or didn't do the chose to not do the second movie uh, or the episode eight. And and this and this is what we're, de- like, obviously, this is what we're left with. And he could have only done so much without making a a a four-hour movie um and as well something that they brought up that i read today that chris terrio was saying was that one of the first things he asked was can we break episode nine into two movies and Mm -hmm. they kind of talked about it for a little bit but then it was you know they they decided not to do it and they moved forward and chris was very vocal in this in this article about how he felt about as a writer where you know that the plot needs these things and sometimes they get left out on the floor and there's really nothing you can do because it's the overall studio's decision and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, I think I think there was so much left on the table after The Last Jedi because Rian Johnson decided to to leave the old ways behind and go forward. And he thought he was trailblazing, in a sense, starting his own, you know, path. But really all it did was kind of mess things up for, for Rise of Skywalker to a certain extent to a certain extent because we couldn't they couldn't really fulfill all of these storylines or maybe it just like we talk about as well maybe it just wasn't planned out well enough you know and they had these ideas and these seeds 
but they just didn't have enough water. You know what I'm saying to to grow them out. So, so yeah, Maz is definitely a, a, is a miss for me because she she definitely could have been important. Absolutely, you know, lightsabers are without a doubt a weapon that we've dreamed of having since we were kids. Uh, we've made them out of light, you know, out of uh, flashlights and cardboard tubes and whatnot. So. Uh, throughout Star Wars history, there have been numerous fights. Uh, and so, I want to ask you, did you enjoy the lightsaber battle on the Death Star? Yes or no? And how does it compare w- with what we've seen? Alright. Um, I I like every lightsaber battle because it's a lightsaber and people are fighting. And it's, it's always awesome. However, I mean, like any good Star Wars fan, I, I rank them. Do I love them all? Sure. Um, but I would say it's not the highest ranking in my, um, in my repertoire, if you will, of uh, my list is actually a better, better use of that word in my list of lightsaber fights. Um, honestly, I'd say in my personal opinion, the best lightsaber fight is in the worst star Wars movie. And that's episode one with Darth Maul, um, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. That's my kind of my barometer. I mean, first of all, music, you had the duel of the fates, Secondly, first time we saw a double-sided lightsaber, but I don't want to go too deep into that rabbit hole. <laughs> what I want to say is, what I want to say is, is that this was it was a great fight. It was not the best I've seen in Star Wars. Um, it, it needed. I think it was good for driving the story, um, especially how that fight ended, especially highlighting one of uh, Ray's new Force powers. Um, I think that it was important. However, I, I don't think it was the most incredible thing I've ever seen. Um, I did like that we kind of, for the first time, you actually saw two people fighting each other and getting exhausted. Mm. <laughs> um, and I think that that's really, really important. That, that in itself drew me into it as, I, I don't know, feeling really real. Like if you if you look at those old lightsaber fights, you know you kind of you suspend your disbelief because you want to believe they're Jedi. Jedi never get tired, but Ray is you know Jedi from the school of hard knocks, and and uh, Kylo is you know twisted. You know they're not they were never uh, you know uh, trained in a temple. They were never trained in anything like the the old Republic or the Republic for that matter. They just kind of picked up a lightsaber, both of them, and and did the best they could with the teachers that they had. So to see their exhaustion really, really drew me into the realism of that fight. But again, in the grand scheme of Star Wars lightsaber fights, it wasn't the best. That's my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree. That's why I was like reinforcing there with grunts and noises. Um, because, <laughs> because yes, it, it was dope because, the I mean, the scene was sick, you know, that the half sunken Death Star, the huge waves, you know, all of that was was badass. You know what I'm saying? It was just a dope place to, to, to fight. You know what I'm saying? Um, the the actual fight. Yeah. Again, like Rocco talked about and I'm sure we'll all talk about. We all have higher lightsaber duels, lightsaber fights. Uh, that are higher than that, that that place that ranked higher than than this one, but but uh, but to reinforce Rocco's point, I loved, I loved watching Ray look at her hand where she was holding her lightsaber and like flexing it like it hurt because she was blocking those 
barrages that Ky- I mean, Kylo was just, I mean, he was, he was ready to kill her at that moment. He was ready to kill her. Um, and, and that was, that was dope to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, Oh, she's, you know, it, she's not like, like Anakin and Obi standing in front of each other, flipping the lightsaber back and forth and fucking that in the shit, you know? And like, there's no, there's not even a breath. There's not even hard breathing. No, there was like, you saw all of that in this fight. You saw just the exhaustion, like Rocco was saying that they were, they were both at a point where they were just like, they couldn't give anymore. And I think that that's why, uh, uh, Leia was able to connect with, with Kylo at that moment because he was exhausted. He was tired. He was weak. And, and she was able to cut through all of, all of that hate and anger and just catch him one last time to give Ray that moment. And, um, and again, watching her heal him, you know, that was a big deal, man. That was a big deal. Uh, obviously, we're not going to talk about it, but we, we saw the power introduced in The Mandalorian. And that was cool for Baby Yoda to do. And again, you know, in my mind, maybe that for, for me at that moment, that was exclusive to Baby Yoda. I was like, well, maybe this sucker is the only one that can do that because I've never seen another Jedi do that. And then for Rey to have that power and to have grown so much from the last time we saw her, I thought was dope. In terms of like choreographed, you know, dope battle, nah, not really. It, it was, it was uh, like he's like Rocco said, a hard knock battle. You know, it was just like these, like it was a broad sword not, you know, fencing swords type of deal, you know? It was dirty. Yeah, it was dirty, for sure. Even the move that she pulled on him to, to kill him at the end was was a dirty trick because if you if you look, when she goes to flex her hand and she gets tired, he kind of eases up on her. You know, he, like, he gives her a moment. And the moment she saw he was distracted, she took advantage of that shit. So it was. It was a, it was a dirty fight. Um, but, but again, it was, it was sick. Like when she jumps to avoid that huge ass wave and then she's looking up waiting for him to jump through the wave too. And he's just walking through it. Like Adam driver is a bad motherfucker, man. He's a sick motherfucker. I I love him as Kylo. I really do. Jeez. You guys have like pretty much hit on everything. (laughs) What the hell else are we supposed to be talking about here? I I mean, I'm going to share the same thought that, you know, I, I, from an actor's point, you know, uh, for those who don't care, I do theater locally here in town. So I always look at it from an actor's perspective. I think that this was the most emotionally driven of all the lightsaber fights that I've ever seen, um, which means it's not going to be the most fun. So it doesn't rank high up there with those others, you know, like you've got your your episode three or your episode one. Um, but it, it did what it needed to do for that moment, and that was show these just angry hurt kids striking out at each other trying to figure out what they're going to do either to each other for each other for themselves and i thought it was excellent for that so while it may not live up to the hype and fun and excitement of what you would expect from a lightsaber lightsaber battle in the way that we've seen from you know the the passion in episode six or the kick-assness of episode one or three it's definitely one of the better ones I've seen out there. So that's that's going to be my piece on yeah, it. Yeah, I would say, um, was it an amazing lightsaber battle? No. Was it a good lightsaber battle for the purpose of the story? Yes. And I think it was interesting in that the thing I caught on the second viewing that I didn't really notice on the first viewing 
is how well the music went with it. How we just had the waves at the beginning, and when the music finally came in, it was that high hit notes uh, every mm -hmm. time the blades hit. And I think that it was actually a really compelling battle when uh, placed with the score that they put along with it. But it wasn't the greatest lightsaber battle we've seen on screen of all the movies. I'm going to talk about it from the perspective of I didn't ever like the... Uh, I love Duel of Fates, and I think that was really cool to start with. But after that, the choreographed fights, they, they just didn't do it for me. I... I don't even want to talk about Attack of the Clones because that's just garbage. But um, Revenge of the Sith, for me, that battle was because of my expectations from a kid, being a kid growing up, imagining that battle. Um, I just I just really didn't. I just liked it a lot. So for me, when I watched this battle, I felt that it was very raw. And like I said, it was unchoreographed and it was exciting for me. And so, and like, like you guys said, I really liked the way it was filmed and and Jake, you did bring in a really good point about the music. I didn't even think about that until now. But that, for me, one of the craziest things from the trailers was, like, Kylo walking out of the water, holding his lightsaber up and down, and, like, putting it, like, that, just him walking out like that is, like, a very memorable scene for me because I just feel like it's very uh, medieval. Um, and it, it got away from just, you know, the dancing that, I, that I've grown, like, so accustomed to from from prequels. Um, it did kind of remind me of the old fights from the original trilogy more where they were just, they were just more of, of a, they were a fight. Um, and they had an end point for that. Uh, and I just felt it was just not as artificial. Um, and that's, that's where I'm going to leave it. So we're going to break for a commercial and we'll come back and we're going to talk about, uh, the main three characters from this film. Defet Comics is the publishing branch of Don'tForgetATowel.com, the only place to travel geekly. Focusing on creator-owned and independent titles like Hollowed, Pursuit of Plastic, and Fairy, and many more. Defat Comics will be a mix of genres appealing to every kind of reader. Join the new source of comic book entertainment with Defat Comics. From the far reaches of the galaxy to an internet location near you, we're Don'tForgetATowel.com, your daily source for geeky pop culture news, reviews, interviews, and so much more. So as you're hitchhiking your way through the universe, don't forget to travel safe, and don't forget a towel. All right, we are back from those luscious commercials, and so let's get into the big bad. Now, um, Shiv... Shiv Palpatine has been uh, a bane of everyone's existence since episode one. Uh, so it made sense that um, we, we knew, we knew he would return for the final movie. They had, they had alluded to it in the, the, the force awakens art book. Uh, there was, there was plenty of signs saying that, that Palpatine would return. So finally he's back. Uh, he's as bad as ever. He's decrepit as ever. Uh, so, Let's talk a little bit about the return of him, how he he was the puppet master behind everything leading up to this movie, and we find out that he has a son. Um. Well, honestly, I was super happy to to know Palpatine was back. 
Um, I, I did read, you know, when I was younger, uh, the EU books and obviously Paul Platine did come back. Um, so, you know, I was happy to see them at least continue that portion of it. Um, I loved how they handled his look. He was grotesque. He was terrifying. And that's what he needed to be. Um, I felt like I was in a horror movie. Now, as a guy that really, really loves horror movies, um, I loved every moment he was on the screen because it was gross and it scared me. Like, you know, not like shivering in my boots like a child, like like a scare that you would get from a horror film that you enjoy. And that's exactly what I was getting from that. And I, I absolutely loved, loved, loved that. Um, as for him having a, a, a son, um, you know, he, he, I believe if I'm correct in the movie, he did say that his son was weak. Um, and I could see him being that type of person that, you know, uh, if you have a, a child and they don't live up to your expectations, even if they're evil expectations, obviously you're going to, um, hate on them. You're, you're not going to. You're not going to be dad of the year. You're not going to be out back playing catch. Um, you know, obviously it was a disappointment because he wasn't quite evil enough. You know, it was like Dr. Evil and Scott, um, but <laughs> way, way scarier. Um, you know, I I loved it. Um, I, I loved that portion of it. Now, as for him being the puppet master and pulling all the strings, um, I don't I loved that scene when he went into the Sith Temple and he said, you know, I have been every voice inside your mind. Um, that line for me was one of my favorites in the movie. It was also scary. I mean, when I watch a movie, I put myself in the shoes of characters and can you imagine being in Kylo Ren's shoes, you know, just how terrifying that must be that you think you're communing with your grandfather and it ends up being uh, pretty much the literal devil. Um, you think you have a teacher in Snoke, someone that finally you're living up to and it turns out that that's a sham. And I really like the fact that it kind of helped us with what Ryan Johnson did with the death of Snoke. He, he was just a puppet, you know, and I kind of had that feeling because of how easy his death was in, in the last Jedi. Um, but I think that that tied that up. I don't want to say completely nicely, but it tied it up enough for me, um, for me to just say, okay, um, I'm, I'm good with that. Um, and that's kind of my take on the Emperor, and uh, I love the, the final scene, but I'm sure we're going to talk about that later. Um, but I really, really, really enjoyed how they handled the Emperor specifically. Yeah, Platine was scary as shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, number one, I love the idea of bringing him back because, again, he has been, you know, the from the inception of, of Anakin Skywalker to you know, the, the, the demise of, or, or the, or the rise of, uh, of Darth Vader back to Anakin, you know, he's been there, he's been there the whole time. And, and apparently he's been here after that. I didn't so much care about how he survived. Um, to me, he's, he's unlimited power, you know, he's, he's that guy. So if anybody was going to survive that, it was going to be Palpatine. Um, I loved the fact that he was on some planet, that was just full of hate and people who worship the Sith and just, you know, were willing to die for, for their cause. Um, uh, I also think it's scary that Kylo, you know, this whole time 
was being duped. Like it, it must have sucked for him, man. And I and I think that that's what like that transition is, and we'll ultimately get there. But you know, I think that that for him was one of the big things too. Being you know him realizing, oh, you know these people have been lying. You know this side has been lying to me this whole time. So um, I thought he was done very very well. Um, and and when he's back at full strength for that for that moment, um, he was he was just. It was just scary. His eyes were glowing. That dark crimson red robe he was wearing, like it was all very, it was all very, like like Rocco said, like kind of horror movie ish. Um, and um, and he played out that way, man. Like he, you know, being hooked up to those machines and missing fingers, and he looked weird. You know, he looked and 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 just the fact that he had the ability to do what he did in cloning Snoke and 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 God knows who else really, because we don't know what he was up to that whole. Um, but, but yeah, like it was just, I thought it was really well done. And I liked the fact that he was the, the main villain of, of the saga, you know, it was, it was really like, you know, Darth Sidious versus the star Wars universe, essentially. And it was, uh, I thought it was well done. I thought it was well done. See, I'm, I'm kind of of the, the mindset where it was well done for this movie, but it's absolute proof that this was a trilogy that needed to have a more controlled narrative. Um, the last Jedi while as a standalone is actually a pretty damn good movie. Um, it, it didn't do anything to really tell this overarching story of Ray and her grandfather. And that was why when they start going into it and leaning into the Palpatine, I'm going, okay, cool, nice fan service, but we could have had better hints at this. We could have had a much stronger arc. And then, then my mind starts going down that gutter of JJ set all kinds of, you know, bread crumbs in uh, episode seven, but never got to lead us on that trail. He had to eventually yank us by the collar and say, no, this is the trail over here in rise of Skywalker. Uh, by the way, he had a son. Okay, cool. We covered that. Great. Um, uh, his parents, his, her parents are dead. They were nobodies because they they didn't care about what Palpatine was and they didn't like it. So, uh, okay, cool. We covered that. Now here's here's Palpatine. Cool. He's the bad guy. Awesome. They did an awesome job. Yes, he's horrifying. He's scary. He's. I liked the creepy little claw machine holster for him throughout the early parts of the movie. I thought that was actually pretty cool that they had him just seemed very demonic and almost matrix inspired, which again, tickled my nerd brain in a fantastic way. Um, I did kind of check out a little bit when he was, you know, fully battery recharged and was shooting out the, the lightning to EMP, all the ships that were not um, final order ships for some reason, but that's where I started to check out and I had to, wake up my child brain and say just enjoy it um but other than that i think he it was just ian mcdermott doing ian mcdermott in the way that we've all grown up doing for the last 40 something years and i thought it was a great character just i wish he would have had more time to be fleshed out throughout the entire trilogy rather than just this movie yeah so um i think first of all him having a son wasn't that surprising come on guys we all know he fucked, right? Like <laughs> his wrinkly face and all. He, he's got a couple kids throughout the galaxy. Some people are into power, right? <laughs> um, as for being the puppet master, I actually enjoyed him being the puppet master, uh, but I think it was horribly set up. I 
I don't think this trilogy had a vision at all. They just were winging it almost the entire time. Um, I actually read something online that I thought like was the best description of that. The first 10 minutes of the movie, you know, Kylo on the hunt leading up to him um, reaching Pelpentine and the whole thing there. That should have been the end of The Last Jedi. That sets up, you know, the rise of Skywalker. But it felt forced at the beginning of this movie. Um, but I think he had to be the puppet master. Snoke, they didn't develop well. And I think he made a good puppet master and closed out the trilogy that was really kind of about, well, the saga that was kind of about him and the Skywalker family. I, I agree with all of you on, on all those points. Um, you know, for me... Like I said, he's been there since episode one. It made a lot of sense that he was coming back and was going to be the big bad, of course. Um, what gets me, though, is is really how, how they get to Ray being his granddaughter. I do feel like this is like, like it was a fan service in a way. Does it work? Yes. But to what Jake says, it could have been set up better. Um, the Last Jedi should never have been Ryan Johnson's movie. The, all these movies should have been J.J. telling a story across the board and every... I think we would have got a much better, um, you know, narrative. Um, the, the whole thing, though, is I don't think that, for me, the sun thing doesn't work because, I, I mean, yeah, we can say, yeah, he, he had a kid. That's fine. But at the same time, it's like I think they could have just gone with the whole clone thing, and I, it would have worked just as well. Um, you, you're saying, like, Snoke is created. How come he couldn't just create his own perfect child, you know, quote unquote, um, or grand, whatever, you know, heir to the throne, heir to the empire, if we want to throw it back to the EU. Um, <laughs> but, you know, for that, for it to make more sense for him having kids, we just, I, I need more backstory on that, to be honest. And not that I need to know exactly how it happened or who, uh, but it's just like, how, how does he have a son and nobody knows? I mean, can he keep him hidden in the force? Does he keep him hidden with the dark side? From Luke, um, you know, from Luke sensing that there's a Palpatine, um, I I don't know. It just, like we said, it's like there's these bits and pieces of a story that could have shined brighter, um, but it was dulled out by what I believe Disney was not ready to do this trilogy, and they should have waited maybe five years. So, mm-hmm. um, so let's talk about let's talk about Kylo Ren. Uh, Kylo Ren. You know, Adam Driver, I, I really enjoyed Adam Driver. I enjoyed him as, as an actor. Um, I've enjoyed Kylo Ren from start to finish, and I just want to get your guys' thought on Ben Skywalker's redemption and the overall arc of Kylo Ren. Um, so I'm going to completely agree with you. I, I, loved, I love Adam Driver. I loved his portrayal of Kylo Ren. Um, and obviously Ben Solo, um, he was absolutely fantastic and I couldn't picture anyone else in that role. Um, however, after he murdered his father, um, Han Solo, I I personally didn't see a way he could be redeemed. And I had a feeling that they were going to pander and they were going to create, you know, Raylo and they were going to do all this, you know, just this crap. In, in my opinion. Um, then I saw the movie and personally, I, I felt like they couldn't have done his redemption any better. First seeing his dad. 
Um, you know, that was that was his vision. That was very personal. Um, I can't remember who said it, but earlier, you know, in this podcast, you know, not seeing Han as a ghost, seeing him, you know, in the flesh. Um, that I, I think I think closing closing that wound, if you will, and in essence, you know, getting rid of that lightsaber, which was I, I think very, very symbolic ever since The Force Awakens and his murder of his father. I, I think it was it was absolutely it was it was great. Furthermore, um him finally wielding the Skywalker lightsaber that you know in essence for me that felt like he was reestablishing his birthright when he when he got when you know we got that surprise moment when we realized that they could exchange things physically through the force, which I think was awesome. Um and excuse me, a little tangential here. I really love that they keep adding these new force powers. Mm. Reason being is because the force is supposed to be a mystery, not just to them, but to the viewer. We don't really know. It just shows us how much we don't know about the force and how mysterious it is and how powerful it is. But anyway, going back to Kylo Ren, um, him sacrificing himself at the end, him, you know, coming at to Ray's side. And, you know, I, I thought it was just, I thought that they handled his redemption so very, very well. Um, because to be honest with you, I was going to be pissed if they were going to do a redemption story for Kylo. And I came out going, they couldn't have done that any better. And, uh, and I loved it. That's, that's my, those are my thoughts. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta, we're going to go down the agreeing train here. Um, <laughs> Uh, essentially, yeah, you know, I, I love Adam Driver. I think he's brilliant um, in everything that he does, uh, especially as Matt, the radar technician. He is <laughs> like, he's just, you know, he's just great. Um, but no, I mean, seriously, the dude, he's just, he's an anomaly. I, you know, I don't know how much people know about him, but like the dude was in the Marines. Like he was just badass. Uh, but um, in terms of this story, I, I, you know, I agree. Like I, after he Han, I was ready. Like I was ready to pick up a lightsaber and go find this guy, uh, but um, but and I wasn't really ready for for him to be redeemed. I didn't feel like he had earned it at all. Um, but again, walking out of the movie, I felt like, wow, what a redemption story! What a way to go from from bad to good and and really earn it. He fucking earned it. Now was it cramped? Yes, it was cramped, but. Um, but again, the, that that the one scene is so so powerful in my opinion that it is it is one of those things where I think just like just like any just like addicts just like uh, people who, you know who you know decide to wake up one morning and go to the gym every day for the rest of their lives and they do it like there's a dedication in Skywalker blood that doesn't resemble anything else in the universe um, and you know I thought that even his annu- like like his mannerisms changed. Like when he went from Kylo to Ben, he was just like, like when he gets to Exegol and he's running to save Ray, he literally turns a corner and he gets shot at and he doesn't turn around. He just points the blaster like Han would do and shoot and he hits the guy. And then that moment when they exchange the lightsaber and he brings it out and the Knights of Ren, all of them kind of like step, take a step back. Like, yo, what the fuck was that? And he looks at them and he's, and he gives them like this shrug, like, well, now I'm going to fuck you up. And, you know, and it was like this playful confidence in him. And, like, just, like, the way he was, the way he would look at Ray, and the fact that I love the whole dyad in the Force thing. 
because again, we're learning, we're starting to learn so much of the force, but it also reminds me of like the father, the son and the daughter in the clone wars, you know what I'm saying? And how like the force works in balance. And like, mm. it, it just, it really felt right. So at the moment when Ray is dead and he crawls out of that hole and he, he's giving her his, his force, you know, power or whatever, you know, a piece of him. I knew he was, I knew he wasn't going to live. Like at that moment I was like, Oh, he's, he's going to give up whatever it is. Cause they can't, they both can't be there. You know what I'm saying? And I thought that that was, that that was huge. And I thought it was important for the redemption arc. He couldn't be redeemed and live because how do you put him in the same room with Finn and Poe? You know, that's just too much. They can't celebrate with the Ewoks and have a, you know, uh, Darth Sidious bonfire and everybody be happy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it, like you can't, it, that wouldn't have worked. But the fact that he not only redeems himself, throws the lightsaber, blah, blah, he, he dies in doing so. You know what I'm saying? And that to me was, was the smartest thing they could have done with him. Even though I would love more Kylo. You know, I would, I, I'd take a Disney Plus Kylo Ren show. You know what I'm saying? Where he's just like smashing ships, you know, with his lightsaber. Um, but, but yeah, no, I thought he was, I thought his, he, I think out of everybody he got, out of all the new characters, he got the best of it. You know, you talk about the, uh, agreeing chain. Woo woo. Guess we're going to stop at cynical station. <laughs> um, to, I, I, God, I, I hate you. I, <laughs> I know. Right. I, I just, uh, I, I, in this movie, if I took this movie as its own, yes, I, Absolutely loved it because it fits with the Skywalker story redemption throughout for a Skywalker, especially grandfather to grandson now. And he was able to step up, do the right thing and, you know, save the legacy of his family, which is not the dark side, but, you know, bringing balance and saving the galaxy. But with the way that his character left off and lasted last Jedi, he is furious and just absolutely full of hatred and bile and puke and whatever kind of disgusting things you can think of. That is what he is just radiating at the end of that movie after being manipulated by his former master, a Skywalker. So his fall from, or his rise from the dark side just seemed a little bit odd to me at least in the grand scheme, if I was taking it through the whole trilogy of his arc. Um, but again, we talk about his, his willingness to say, no, I'm, I'm here. I'm doing right by my family. I'm doing what's right by the people I love that I've suppressed and that I've hidden down by my hurt and my pain. And I'm going to do the, the best thing for everyone beyond myself. That was a good story. And Adam Driver, God bless him. He is a spectacular actor. I don't care what anyone says. He, he was able to show that dichotomy of Kylo Ren versus Ben Solo. And I thought he did an excellent job with it personally. So um, I personally think that the redemption wasn't needed to the story so far. Miss, can you please leave? Sorry, I've got a visitor in the room with me. Um, <laughs> but the redemption was done well. That it was um, done very well for the story. Um, the only other point I'll have is like, I think 
my wife wooed at this moment, but I think the fan service of having Ray and Kylo kiss was a little over the top. And I think the scene could have had even more power if when they went to go kiss, he turned into a, he disappeared into the force before even completing the kiss. She embraced She's just holding his clothes that are like now around her arms. But I think the redemption, yeah, the redemption was done well, but as the story was up till that point, I wasn't sure if the redemption was needed because I thought that was the whole point of him finally killing Han was he became irredeemable at that point. I love that everybody has a different view on that. Um, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say it was perfect. I'm not going to say that, you know, there isn't things we can argue against, but overall I felt like I felt the redemption and I, that whole Han scene got me. I, I really didn't expect, I don't know why I didn't expect Han for the longest time. I expected like maybe Anakin to show up in this movie X, Y, Z. And then we find out like Palpatine's pulling those strings anyhow. So that would never have happened. But I mean, maybe with force ghost, but to bring Han back and to have Ben having his own dialogue in his head um, at that point uh, really did like, was really, was a strong scene and they just, they, they mimicked it well with what happened in the force awakens and when he th- when he makes a decision to throw the lightsaber instead of stabbing his father again, that um, I mean, that, if we want to talk about a scene, anybody cried for that? I did. I did cry for that whole scene. But um, <laughs> other than that, um, I I really do like that whole idea of where the clothes could have fallen away. I, I like that. Um, my thing was I this this whole Raylo thing. I mean, even like I I was kind of like what? <laughs> I even just like I yelled Raylo in the theater to be honest with you. Um, not too loud, but loud enough that my wife got mad at me. But, um, you know, Han Solo has always been one of my favorite <laughs> characters. And I felt they did a good job casting Adam Driver to look like Han Solo. Um, very very similar features. And it, and the mannerisms, like Ruben po- pointed out, all of this stuff did a really nice job to, you know, for me to, for me to jump away from the EU where I, was, I knew who Han and Leia's kids were, and I, I followed them since I was a kid, growing up this was like a huge thing for me and i i liked that they started off with him being evil and you know it's star wars so some somebody's getting redeemed and by him dying at the end i thought that was definitely the strongest way to do it i didn't even notice that he faded away into the second time i watched it <laughs> so um and you know what he's he his character arc is probably my favorite from this new trilogy um and he will probably stand as one of my favorite Star Wars characters now, ever. Um, so let's let's jump over to our protagonist. And so um, we were left under the impression, you know, to the dismay of many, that Rey came from nothing. And that was the whole message of The Last Jedi. Um, you know, it doesn't matter where you came from. Uh, you can forge your own future. Uh, and so, you know, this this became a point of contention when, when the, the Rise of Skywalker came out, people watched it and they were like, well, what was Ryan Johnson really, really talking about? What was he, why did, why did he lead us to believe this way? And then, you know, whatever, JJ changed it all or he didn't change it all or whatever the case is. So did you feel that Ray had a good closing to her arc? Um, so just to address kind of real quick, the Ryan Johnson, you know, saying, 
you know, Ray's parents are nobodies and that anyone could be a force wielder. Um, I, I really, really think, and I'm sure some of you agree with me. I'm sure a lot of people agree with me that, uh, JJ should have done the whole trilogy. I think Ryan Johnson was really, he, he wanted to make a film in the star Wars universe. I think he would have been better served doing one of the star Wars stories. One of the, one of the films like rogue one, he wanted to make a film with these with in Star Wars rather than make a Star Wars movie. I hope that makes sense to you guys. And I think that, you know, I think that gets kind of lost in the mix. But going into the fact of Ray's ending, that's what we're talking about here. Ray's, uh, you know, how they ended her character, her, her character arc. I, I really, I, you know, again, I enjoyed everything about this movie. So I know I sound like a broken record here, um, but I, I yet again enjoyed it. Um it felt rushed, though. That was my only issue, as I felt like they really, really crammed her entire lineage very, very quickly. I think that that was, for me, the only downfall of how they handled it. Um, I I like the fact that she was she was Palpatine's granddaughter. Um, I like the fact that it kind of showed us in a way that it do, it really doesn't matter where you come from. You know, it, it matters on your actions, what you do with the power that you're given. Um, even if your lineage are a bunch of bastards, like, what do you do with the power that was bestowed onto you? Um, and I think that she really showed that through, um, especially, you know, originally she was scared of herself. She wanted to go into hiding. She was scared of her power. But when she realized that she could use this power for, you know, she does it just because this is who your grandfather was doesn't mean that's who you're going to be. And I think a lot of people can relate to that in real life. I think I think there's a ton of people that can relate to that. And I, I think that that for me was the beauty in it. Um, and when she died, um, that took me completely by surprise. And I think that that really, really reinforced the the tragedy and and the redemption of Kylo Ren of Ben Solo giving his last breath in essence to Rey because she's going to you know she's going to be the future whatever that future may be um on another note as well did anyone else get the Jason Jaina Solo feeling from EU with the two of them I mean, yep. I know I know they kissed, and Jason and Jaina were brother and sister, and, and now legends. Um, <laughs> but I mean, Star Wars is is no uh, is not shy from incest, right? Um, <laughs> no. But anyway, I, I got that feeling when the two of them were fighting the Emperor, and I really loved that. Like, I got that total Jason and Jaina solo feeling. Um, I but did overall, I absolutely did. What? I did too. Okay. Good. So it wasn't just me. Um, but with that being said, and I know I just rambled off a lot of things here. I'm like three deep right now. Um, I, I absolutely, I, I did. I loved, loved, loved her ending, but it was rushed. It was too fast. And it goes back to the, maybe this should have been two movies just for Ray. I'm not even talking about all the other stuff. I mean, just for Ray's story alone, we should have gotten multiple movies. And that's just my opinion. Yeah, no, I'm, again, she's, you know, the, the yin to Kylo Ren's yang. So they both, they both had their moments in this trilogy. 
Um, I think the whole Rian Johnson setting up that she was a nobody thing, again, threw a monkey wrench into whatever overall seeds J.J. had planted, you know, um, or wanted to plant um, moving forward. To, to Chris's point, they should have acquired Lucasfilm and then taken a year or two to plan out a trilogy and lock down J.J. for three movies and so on and so forth. But whatever, that's spilled blue milk, so we can't do anything about that. <laughs> um, did she get did she get a, a a dope ending? Yeah, I thought I thought I thought it was really well done in terms of like again the the time that they had to tell the story. And um, I would like to know a little bit more about Palpatine's son and her father and her mother and exactly how this all went down. Um, because I'm in you know I watch a lot of Clone Wars and I don't I never saw you know Shiv like sneak away to go get some booty. But I mean you know maybe I don't know. Uh, so that to me was whatever, but I, again, I, I accepted it. I accepted it because it falls into the narrative, right? It's all about family and families and legacies in, in this, in the Skywalker saga. Uh, so I, I enjoyed that. Um, I enjoyed watching her be confident in her force powers, um, in terms of, you know, other than being able to commune with all of the Jedi, she seemed to have everything kind of down pat like I love that whole scene where she was surrounded by rocks when we first see her and then she kind of floats down real easily and does that little flip like I was like okay she's she's got this you know like she she knows what she's doing now um and uh yeah I just I I I did I did love it I will say that Daisy really as an actress I feel struggled overall in this trilogy because this was her first big thing. Um, and as much as she grew with each movie, there were still signs sometimes where she would deliver a line and it just felt like she was reading off the paper, you know? Um, but again, overall, I thought, you know, she did, it was, it was justice um, in terms of the character. Uh, I'm also very, conf- uh, but I'm also left very confused because if Ray is on Tatooine and she's buried the Skywalker sabers and she's got her own yellow lightsaber, what does this mean for Ray? You know, what does it mean for the galaxy um, that there's this powerful ass being sitting on Tatooine? Like, what does that do for the Force uh, in terms of of balance, right? Um, so, so again, um, I enjoyed her ending. Um, I, I, I don't really care about Raylo. It doesn't that that really doesn't bother me so much. Um, there was always hints at it, anyway you know, from the moment that The Force Awakens started, that there was a thing between them. So to watch them kiss, eh, whatever. I do love the idea of the kiss not being realized and it being, you know, like 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 Jake said, just, you know, she, his clothes fall in her arms. Just like I thought it would have been brilliant if it would have been Anakin who caught the lightsaber and came out of the fire and gave her the same speech that Luke did, but just Anakin. Um, but, but again... You know, just things as, you know, as a Star Wars fan that you kind of, you know, Star Wars fan fiction in your head. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I enjoyed Ray. I like Yeah, that that's the thing. I, I, I love Ray as a character, or at least the very least, I fell in love with Ray as a character in Star Wars starting in Episode 7. It just absolutely was blown away from, especially that moment when she grabs Anakin's saber via the Force away from Kylo. That was such a huge moment for me. And I love that. So 
I was left confused at the end a little bit by her because I thought that they would give a little bit more, how do I put it? A little bit more kindness to her character or thought behind it because to have her take the Skywalker surname, some reason that just drives me absolutely bananas. I, I mean, I get it. The Skywalkers are synonymous with good and right and the uh, strong, powerful people in the galaxy, but she's her own person. And and at that point, the whole trilogy, hence why her whole projection of her own self-worth on Ben to, I have to save Ben Solo. I have to redeem him. He will be saved. He will turn. That's just her projecting her own self-hatred because she's a Palpatine this whole time. That That's actually a really cool, quiet underlying story, which I thought was nice which would have been a nice payoff if she had just decided to do one of two things, which was take the name of Palpatine and own it and say, but this is what the Palpatine legacy will be or have no surname. When the woman asked her, who are you? I'm Ray. I'm just Ray. As she looks at the Skywalkers and says, that is your legacy. That's not mine. I don't have a right to touch your legacy. I've created my own. I have beaten my demons. I have destroyed them. And now I own them as part of my legacy. And she didn't do that. And I just was like, God, ah, I wanted to throw something at the screen. And then when she turns on that saber at the end, it just added more questions as this movie is off to do about where did that come from? That clearly looks like it came from the end of her staff, which was very obviously a key thing throughout the first movie and even a little bit in this most recent one. So was it always there? Was that always a lightsaber? Was it a lightsaber staff? Did she just take it apart? We don't have answers on that. So then we go back to Ruben. Point. Well, wh what does this mean for her now that she's on Tatooine? What does it mean for Ray? What does it mean for the Force? Well, I don't know. We've got this wonderful streaming service of Disney Plus that now is got a lot more options to tell us more stories in the, in the future. I do not feel that this was a closing story so much for the Skywalkers as it was an advertisement for future, um, future episodes of something in, in in the near future within 2021 or 2022. We'll have more Poe, Finn, and even Ray stories to come up out of this. And I just felt like that just didn't close her off the right way. But that's just my nerd way. Um, yeah, so I think Ray was a good character that had a poor ending. Um, I think throughout the entire trilogy up till now, they had been establishing Rey was something more, that the Jedi were ending and that Rey was going to be something bigger than the Jedi that moved both the light and the dark side of the Force. And she didn't become that at the end. It seemed she was just another Jedi taking the Skywalker name and continuing a legacy that was established to be ending. Um, so I think she was a good character, but she had a semi-poor ending. But her lightsaber was amazing, and I want the story of how she made that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that, you know, it's funny because we find out, you know, with with the Visual Dictionary that Ilum was actually, you know, Sky, uh, what was it? Starkiller Base was actually on Ilum, which was, you know, the main place where people went to build their lightsabers uh, or get the crystals. Uh, so, I mean, it, there's a lot of questions out there, like how, where do these if she did find an orange crystal or whatever color that was, orange or yellow, um, it was definitely her staff. Um, but 
why wouldn't they show that process in the hut prior to her having it in her hand? Yeah, that's a great reveal, but it was the same thing when like they when Luke builds that his green one in Return of the Jedi, we don't see him do it, but they have that deleted scene. You yeah. know, so it's it it I really wish they could show more like they would have showed more like that. I agree with that completely. Um I I do feel with Ray, I I I loved Ray since the beginning of these movies. Um and I, I really felt like the character worked. Um and what happens in the last Jedi doesn't necessarily cheapen the reveal or her character. Um, I feel like the, the quote, let the past die, kill it if you have to, really works. Uh, it still does because she's questioning, who am I going to become? She knows who her, what her past is, but she she thinks she kills Chewie when she gets the Force Lightning. Like, that's a big shocker, <laughs> literally. Um, and, and, yeah. so, <laughs> and, oh, boo. and so, you know, she has this worry. And I, I, I did like that because that does tie into letting the past go and embracing something new. Um, and it also kind of, sh- you know, her being a Palpatine also proves that she can be more powerful than Kylo from the, from the start. Um, she, she does that in a lot in, in the force awakens. We're all like, how, how does she have this much power already? People want to call her a Mary Sue. I hate that term so much. Yeah. Um, Same. it's so dumb, but you know, mm-hmm. it works, um, that she's that much more powerful than Kylo from the start. Um, and so that I love that they did use the Palpatine thing to kind of throw that in the face of people who are like, well, how is she this powerful? Well, she's one of the, she's the offspring of one of the most powerful beings in the universe. So, um, my feeling is the Skywalker saga, it's very microscopic when it comes to the entire Star Wars universe. Um, and that's why I feel like I can get behind these connections. Um, when, when it comes to the Skywalker lineage, anything that's surrounding it, uh, midichlorians, whatever you want to <laughs> talk about. Um, but, you know, I felt what Ryan did was a departure uh, from what we normally u- were used to with Star Wars. Um, and then everything, what they did with Ray, what everybody wanted out of the last today, they gave us. Um, it was rushed, but it could have been, it could have been panned out better to make it a little more, so we can embrace it better, I feel. Um in the end of it, I do feel like Ryan Johnson should have just had his own narration and original story not set on the Skywalker stage. Um, yeah. And at the end, like I said, a little more, a little more <clears throat> insight into what she was. Everybody's like, there's no such thing as a great Jedi. Really? I, well, what is she? You know, um, is she going to restart in order? Is these fourth sensitive people, are, could she train them? I, you know, it's all very open. Do we want more stories from this? I don't know. I, I'm sure we all have a different feeling on that. Um, so let's let's go into the last question here. And I, I think that um, this this could <laughs> this could open up some debate. But um, if you could change or add one thing, what would it be? Hmm. If I could change or add one thing, um, the end of the movie you heard all the voices of all the different um, ghosts of, of Jedi past. Um, One thing I really would have loved to see is the personification of those ghosts. I would have liked to actually see them rather than hear them. Now I like the touch. That doesn't mean that I, I disliked what they did, but if I could change one thing, I really, 
I would really, really like. Um, I would have liked to in that moment specifically. I would have liked to see them kind of speckled throughout the film, like um, to your point previously, um, Ruben, about you know instead of seeing Luke, seeing Anakin, but the same exact thing that Luke said, the same advice Luke said, but instead it would be Anakin, and so on and so forth. I would have liked to see them. I mean, I'm a huge Ahsoka fan. God, I would have lost my I would have lost my shit had I seen Ahsoka live, you know, not a cartoon, giving Ray advice. Um, that would have blown my mind. Um, honestly, that's the biggest thing I would change, other than the fact that what I said before, Ray had a huge story. She had a huge storyline, especially being a palpatine. Um, I really think that this movie should have been two films. Or Ryan Johnson did another film in the Star Wars universe just as beautifully as he did the last the last Jedi, but you know someone else did it with more more story. Um, that would be my two big things that I would change. I have to think about that. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I would. I don't know if I would change anything. I mean, at this point, it's it's done. They're out there. Um, it's canon, whether people like it or not. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess if I got to choose something, it would be to have Rian Johnson have made another movie, had, would have made, you know, uh, his own Star Wars movie. And this would have been, I would have, you know, I would have liked to have seen Kennedy lock down JJ for three movies. Uh, because truly, I feel, uh, I think it was, it was Colin who said it, uh, or Jake, I can't remember who it was, but, you know, like the first 10, 15 minutes of this movie, there's, there's a movie there. There's there's a movie about you know Kylo Ren after after the, the, the events of the Force Awakens, hearing Palpatine's voice, um, and going out and recruiting the Knights of Ren to stop the galaxy for Rey and her friends while he goes out and looks for this mysterious voice, and eventually that that movie would have allowed for the narrative or the storylines of. Ray being his granddaughter, uh, how he had a son. All of these things could have been serviced in that second movie. And we could have gotten maybe quite possibly Leia training, you know, a little bit more training when it comes to that. And it would have given more room to what Rocco was saying to where maybe if we could have seen a Qui-Gon Jinn Force Ghost and Anakin Force Ghost. Uh, I'm not going to say Ahsoka because she's not dead. Um, you know, Mace Windu, so on and so forth. Um, Obi-Wan Kenobi, all of these. And we could have gotten that. Um, so, yeah, if there was one thing I could have changed was that they would have just taken their time and uh, when they first acquired the rights and not been so, so, so gung-ho about jumping out there and making the trilogy uh, and taking their time to to kind of just plan this out just a little bit better. Yeah, for me personally, I'm going to go back on something that I, or back to something that I, I brought up earlier, and it's Carrie's Carrie Russell's character. Uh, that that whole, she's demonstrative of a an issue I had with Poe's character, and that it was making him gruff and grisly and sort of a bad boy, so that he's just a little bit more lovable, like Han Solo. And it just, I don't see the point in that story. And more importantly, I don't see the point in her character. She shows up to essentially just give him something so he can go to a Death Star. 
that that was the point of her character and then they had to try to build this relationship around it and it gave weird nods that nobody needed you waste a great actress like carrie russell to do to do this character and it's a storyline nobody asked for and at least just for me personally i i know i didn't but it, it felt like a canto bite kind of for this movie that it was an unnecessary scene that was wasted about 10 minutes of the movie on where we could have had more development on the emperor being or palpatine being in the background on this the whole time and why there is um you know suddenly the dead rising which was by the way the weirdest first sentence of the the crawl that i've ever seen of these nine movies the dead rise or whatever that line was just whew. but yeah carrie russell sorry your character needs <laughs> poor to go. zori bliss i think you're just hating on zori bliss because she's attached to babu frank i'm just i'm gonna go with that i am not gonna get down into the babu frank tunnel at all you guys already hate me enough as it is i'm not gonna no, do it's it probably anymore. good for, for you that's a good idea college <laughs> all right i'm gonna have to drop after this one because my little one is uh running around being the jawa i think i've heard her seen uh her called but uh <laughs> so let me quickly say i would give this movie a total of six out of ten because i know that's going to be the next question but the one thing i would remove there is a line early in the movie where they say uh, the First Order's, we, we got the nose from the First Order, or the Final Order, whatever. They're going to attack in 12 hours, which means this entire movie takes place in 12 hours or less. Which is ridiculous, especially considering the only time time has been important with how fast the Millennium Falcon is. And you're telling me they can planet hop like crazy and get all this done in 12 hours. And it bothered me so much the first time seeing it. With that, I'm going to drop. Bye, Jake. Bye. Thanks, Jake. Thanks, man. Jake. Yeah, so I'm going to go, I'm just going to go back into, um, I wanted a better Finn story, to be honest with you. I wanted them to play into that Stormtrooper programming more, definitely in The Last Jedi. Um, I don't care if they could have been like, yeah, he just betrayed his friends like Lando did, Empire Strikes Back style. I don't care about that kind of stuff. I mean, I can run across how many times these movies carbon copied the original trilogy who cares it's called ring theory um so i wish they would have played into that more i wish they would have used phasma better for that meaning and the knights of ren were such a waste a waste um so for me it's the it's the three of them poe finn and ray they could have just there could have been a much better force sensitive like payoff for all three of them uh like i said before with shattered empire um and then them just saying hey finn you broke your you broke your uh stormtrooper program, programming because you have the force okay but if you could have brought all three of them together with the force being the reason that would have been a little more unique than throwing them into the normal roles that we've seen in the past star wars movies um and maybe you know somehow they could have played on that i just felt like they were setting something like that up um and then they never went through with it and so like we've all kind of touched on yeah ryan johnson i love ryan johnson as a director and i think the last jedi has its many moments but it would have worked better if jj had the reins the entire time so yeah that's that's my thing um so guys let's let's all score this movie out of 10 jake gave it a six uh so let's let's hear your thoughts 
Um, honestly, I give this movie. Uh, I would say. Oh, this is tough. I knew this was going to come and I've been thinking about it and I still can't like, I don't know. It's hard because I'm blinded and I can admit that I'm blinded with my love for Star Wars and, and I absolutely love Star Wars. Um, I mean, against other ratings with me giving the empire strikes back a 10 out of 10 perfect score. I would say this film is an eight for me an eight out of 10. I had fun. I had a blast. It grabbed me and it never let me go. It was an action ride from start to finish. Um, it had pacing issues. Um, it had dialogue issues. Um, they pushed a lot of story into a small period of time. Um, for those reasons, I, I take away the two points from a perfect 10. However, I love the closing. Um, I love the action. I love these characters so much. And uh, they're like family to me and kind of saying goodbye to them. I mean, I gave the movie a standing ovation when I stood up and maybe it was less about the movie, but more of the fact that I'm saying goodbye to uh, really, really treasured family members that I've had since I was a little kid. Um, So I'd say the fairest thing I could give this is an eight out of 10. And I'm I'm right there behind Rocco. I give it an eight out of 10 too, just because again, uh, JJ, I'm a huge fan of JJ. I love JJ, and um, and uh, and and to touch on on what Chris said, I I do respect Rian Johnson. I, I and I love the Last Jedi, uh, probably more than a lot of other of our fr- fans, but uh, friends other than Rocco, because I know Rocco really loves the Last Jedi. Uh, but but um, <laughs> I do. Mm-hmm. But but again, as a trilogy movie, when like you know what we talked about originally, Chris, that we had to see this movie to kind of rate the trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you know that the 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 weak link is 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 the Last Jedi because of everything that had to be done for this movie to make sense, and because of that, it has like Rocco's to Rocco's point, pacing issues, dialogue issues, story issues in terms of just building a narr- building you know a full complete narrative. Um, but again, not dissimilar to a lot of the Star Wars the Skywalker saga in terms of the way it's done. Um, so for me, it was an eight. It was, I, I cried like three times in the movie. Um, and I walked out feeling like, and I know this sounds really morbid, but kind of like feeling like I, like I walked out of a funeral, you know what I'm saying? Like I, like I had left somebody, you know, people, friends behind and I was never going to see them again. And I know that that sounds really dramatic because you can put on the movies whenever you want and relive it. But, Really, I mean, unless they pull a fast one on us, this is the end of the Skywalker saga. So it was, it was, it was emotional. It was fun, um, and I walked out with a brand new favorite character. I don't have a single Star Wars tattoo, and now I know exactly what I'm getting tattooed in March, which is Bobby <laughs> Frick, and I'm so excited about it. And um, yeah, and and I'm just you know, it's an overall eight. Uh. I'm gonna be that uh, guy, yes, aren't I? I've just established. I really have established that. I'm gonna give this uh, a firm six, um, just because uh, maybe maybe I came in too skeptical. Maybe I I am just far too skeptical of the media that I take in now. But I I feel that um, 
that Last Jedi actually did kind of set it up in a, in a rough spot. Yeah, absolutely. But there were still great opportunities to take what Last Jedi took and run with it, which they did, but they ran way too fast with it, and I could barely keep up. And it it said that they were trying to do too much with too little movie real estate to tie everything in a bow. And rather than J.J. try to be diverse a little bit and adjust his story, he just kind of... It felt like he was just kind of taking everything and jamming it together, saying, no, this is the story I wanted to tell all along. I'm going to maybe make a nice little nod here, there to your thing, just because otherwise it'll make no sense. But this is the one I wanted to tell. And things towards the end got a little too too carried away. They, uh, the Star Wars apparently always has to be bigger and bigger and bigger in terms of what is the ultimate bad guy to fight. And now you have a massively overpowered Emperor Palpatine who has been dead for 30 some odd years or close to, I think. And yet he has somehow got the life of all the Sith with him. It, it, it isn't clearly there. Why didn't he have that power before? But it um, it was just it was just kind of rough, you know, um, that that they tried to tie that into a nice little bow. Also, uh, just as a side note, the lens flares. I know he was trying to throw them in there, but wow, some of them were just a little insane since we're talking about our love for JJ. There was one that hit Richard Grant, glorious actor, fantastic actor, hit him right over his face, and I had no idea what he was doing in that moment. So he loses a point for that. You leave no, the I'm damn lens flares uh, alone, it's- God damn it, Colin. God damn it. I was, I was just waiting for Spaceship Rubble to happen, and he throws an R2-D2 across the screen like he did in Star Trek. But you know, I... I, I wished for more, and maybe that's my own fault, but I really I really don't think that this gets any better than a 6 out fair. of 10. That is fair. Um, I'm going to agree on the 8. Um, for me, I like Ruben mentioned, I was, I've was i been waiting for this movie to give me the overall uh, story for this trilogy. Um, I had my problems with The Last Jedi. I really wanted something along the lines of how empire, you know, everybody hated empire when it first came out. A lot of people had issues with it. And, you know, after, after everything is said and done, it's the arguably the best star Wars movie there is. And so, um, you know what, this trilogy was never going to be perfect. Um, it was never in the maker's hands. Uh, as much as we want to say things about the, the prequel trilogy, when I watch it, it's still, it's still, you know, George Lucas is a good storyteller and um, he did, that story is, is good. And regardless of the acting, too much green screen, whatever, I did love that this trilogy went back to more practical things, um, more costumes and, and, and Muppets and whatnot. Um, But at the end of the day, when I walked out of theater, the first time I was happy, when I walked out of theater yesterday, I was, I was even more happy. I thought that maybe it wouldn't be, you know, I, the second time watching it would be all right. Yeah. I noticed these, these negative things that everybody's talking about. Um, but you know, I, I, I did and I didn't. And at the end of the day, it's star Wars and star Wars was never perfect. Um, so as long as I have fun and I can say, I watched a star Wars movie, um, that's that's good enough for me. And so um, I give it an eight out of 10. Uh, so just to close out today, I want to just thank you guys 
uh, for all being a part of this discussion today. And I just wanted to give you um, a minute or so just to, you know, for any shout outs to anything you're personally working on, projects, podcasts, anything you want to hype up right now. I'll start. Uh, Rocco again, or the Rockness Monster of the Critical Mass podcast. Uh, we are on all the platforms, all the good ones, which, well, all of them. Um, it's uh, search terms, critical mass, one word, podcast, second word. Um, we are an awful, awful show. No one should listen to us ever. It's disgusting. It's vile. It's morbid. And it's unnecessary. We hate ourselves after every episode and you'll hate yourself too. That's exactly what I'm aiming for. That's what I want to do is hate my Rocco. When am I coming on the show? That's the question. That was my question. Well, <laughs> the next, the, we got our next season coming up at the end of the month or early February. I'll contact all of you. Sounds awesome. Sounds great. I'm ready to hate myself. Um, Ruben Romero, uh, yeah. what am I working on? Um, not losing my mind. Um, essentially, uh, I've got a couple Kickstarters coming next year, but I can always promote those later. Uh, I write a book called The Agency that you can find on Comixology right now. Uh, we're five issues in. I'm working on the sixth issue to come out early next year. Uh, I've also, like I mentioned, got a new series called Inferi that I'm working with on with Casey. And uh, we've got plans for that in 2020. So you hear more of that. And, uh, and yeah, that's about it. Awesome. Uh, well, uh, me, Colin Pasek, I don't have much that is currently active. I actually have a few things in the works. I'm not going to announce anything yet since nothing's finalized, but i uh, got a couple of things in the fire. Let's see. None of them burst into flames and die. Uh, one thing that I am looking forward to, though, is I'm going to be re-engaging with my Twitch stream for the first time in a few years. So uh, look for look for me on twitch.tv slash gamersense. Again, that's twitch.tv slash gamersense starting the very first week of January. Awesome, awesome guys. And and I'm Chris, and I am from don'tforgettotell.com. And usually Casey Bowker is on these podcasts with us. But um, he and I, we, we write... Uh, for the site we edit and everything so we uh we would love anybody to come visit us you know contribute anything of the sorts uh also check out our podcast towel Light talk um is that this show is actually hosted through that uh so uh if you're looking for any more recordings it'll probably all show up <laughs> all together so and so just uh i just want to thank everybody for tuning in uh and join us next time for a discussion on season one of the mandalorian uh, something that we've all been very anxious to talk about. Um, yeah. Probably, oh, yeah. Probably more than this movie, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. But um, uh, again, thanks everyone for listening and may the force be with you all. <laughs>